From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. my brain happy friday the 13th everyone and welcome back to little cuts our weekly mini soda we dig into the things that we've been watching recently i believe i'm i'm terry i am mary beth i'm getting over a cold you know all that good shit uh this week we're talking about r-rated x-men a weird documentary chucky takes the white house uh which is falling from the sky a new addition to a how to the halloween watch list and weird linguistic cosmic horror and speaking of cosmic horror that last part look at this it's a squishable and everyone you are hearing this, it's a biblically accurate squishable stuffed animal that is so cute i spent my adult dollars on this and now i have Almost all of their cryptid collection slash like weird otherworldly being collection. So, is that is that a squish? Is that a squishable? Is that it's a squishable? Yeah, that... it's a, it's the squishable brand. I didn't know that the... they had like like weird cosmic. Oh yeah, um, creatures. I don't have any of them in here. I mean, I know that you've had like cryptids, right? Yeah. So I don't have any of them in here, but I have. Like the, I have the plague doctor from them. I have the, um, I have like, uh, Baphomet from them. Um, I don't have the Mothman. I already have so many like Mothman things, so I didn't buy the Mothman yet. Cause you know, like as much as I would love to have every Mothman thing forever, my husband does tell me like, we don't need that many stuffed animals in the house. So like he tries to keep me like kind of reeled in from like having just uh-huh. stuffed animals of creepy shit in the house. Um, but he did understand why I needed the biblically accurate uh, squ- small squishable. Um, how could you deny me this? How could you? Anyway. Uh, After talking so about I, my I'm beautiful son. Get... <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> which you're gonna have son. to like, you're gonna have to share pictures of, uh, so that everyone can see once the episode goes live. Yes, that's very. He good is point. really cute. He's just a boy. Just taking selfies while we record. <laughs> anyway, okay, cool. But bef- before we do talk about our movies, there's there's two things. One, 
Um, I think I'm going to be in the clear so far with having to watch, not having to watch Infested. We have gotten a few reviews. Um, we've gotten two, and I know... Oh, yay! Okay. So, for those who have not been keeping up, I did make the boneheaded and spur-of-the-moment decision that if we got to... 200 <clears throat> ratings or reviews on iTunes by the end of this year that when it came out or when I had the ability to watch it, I would watch and probably film myself for reactions of um, Infested, the spider horrible movie that everyone tells me I will cease to be if I watch. So um, we did get one review that was specifically for this movie. Hell yeah. That says, I love this podcast. I'm always learning about some weird new movie to check out, and it feels like hanging out with your horror nerd besties. But most importantly, Terry needs to watch Infested. <laughs> the name of the review was Spiders for Terry. <laughs> and then they said, I actually can't believe I haven't left a rating for the show yet. Exclamation point. So thank you, oh, Beekman Street. Oh my god. Thank you. Wait. <laughs> spiders for Terry on a shirt would be so funny. Spiders for Terry. Titties for I, you know, it's like a for Terry. Titties for Terry, yeah. It's it's a it's an escalation. <laughs> and so that that aside, listeners, please maybe do, maybe don't. At this point, I'm not really sure which I would prefer. Um, leave a review <laughs> on iTunes or a rating, preferably five stars. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. But also, I'm curious, because it is Friday the 13th. Um, are you doing... Do you do anything? Are you going to do anything? No. I don't really do anything. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah no. I haven't... I have never gotten to, like, the... Ch- I've never got... marathons. It's not my favorite. And that's okay. I'll probably yeah. watch... Here's the thing. I'm always watching something spooky at this point. Like, and especially this month. Um, it's my nephew's birthday tomorrow too, so like that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, his first birthday is on Friday the thirteenth, which really I cool. love and find a beautifully auspicious omen for him. Um, they might think otherwise, but I think it's cute. Um, they actually, oh my god, my sister in law actually joked to her mom that I was gonna plan the whole party and make it a horror movie themed, and her mom was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey." tasteful you saw my wedding <laughs> have you seen jason x i have i love jason x i do love jason x it's so fun yeah it's dumb have you seen it's... jason goes to hell no you know what actually maybe i'll imbibe tomorrow with the husband and we watch that that actually might be really fun that would be i'm down for something dumb i want to get just like kind of stoned watch something oh, silly i think that would be a great a great option i think okay. that'd be a great option okay Hell yeah. All right. Well, everybody, get ready for... <laughs> Check on me later tonight on Twitter and see what, what's going what's going down. And if you're listening to this in the future, Google for... I don't know. Find it. You'll find it somehow. <laughs> R-rated X-Men. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've been watching Gen V. Okay. The um, spinoff yes. of The Boys. Okay. Which... did you Have you, you watched The Boys? Mm-hmm. I'm not fully caught up on the most recent season. Okay. Yeah, I like the boys. Um, I do too. I mm. really am digging Gen V. Sorry, I just I liked the boys, and then they did something really annoying with 
his wife and I got really pissed and then I kind of soured on it a little bit. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so Gen V is sort of the spinoff that is like, what if X-Men? Like it's it's a bunch Ooh. of like kids going to like an X-Men-esque school for superheroes and there's something nefarious going on, of course, uh, because it's the boys. Of and it has um, Patrick Schwarzenegger is in it, who we all love from Daniel Isn't Real. And he kind of plays the <laughs> he kind of plays the golden boy of like the school where he is like and his ability is that he can he's kind of like uh, the Fantastic Four Human Torch character where he can like turn in flames. And of course, that means that he burns away his clothes while he's doing it, which is kind of fun. We, we never get we it. Really You're see hot. It. <laughs> 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 Didn't. Anyway. <laughs> and it follows this um this young woman who uh played by Jazz Sinclair who comes from boy, her introduction, she's thirteen years old, she's having her period for the first time. Well, she never fun. She's never up, a good time. Well, just boy, this is a period from hell. So she's up in the bathroom because she like realizes something's going on her mom has this like knowing look and goes upstairs to check on her while she's in the bathroom and her hand comes away with some red on it then all of a sudden blood is floating up in front of her oh and her powers is are materializing where she can control blood but unfortunately she freaks out her mom thinks something's wrong she bursts in the room and with like unleashing her powers with unable to do it she sends a blood shard through her mom and kills her. And then her dad comes in to figure out what's going on. And she ends up freaking out even more and then causes a blood explosion that also kills him. What? And then her sister comes in and surveys the damage. Her sister does not die, but thinks that her sister thinks that Marie Jazz Sinclair's character is a monster. And so she is sent to this sort of like orphanage school. She's trying to get into this God U is what it's called, the university for, for superheroes. And she ends up getting in, but she is sort of like the, the poor un like no, no um, relations to anyone going to an Ivy league school. And so we have that aspect of it where everyone there seems to be connected to the superhero world and she is not. So all that's going on. So it's like dealing with sort of like a, a, a typical like college um, experience where there's drama and there's people sleeping behind people's backs and all that kind of stuff at the same time that we're dealing with people that have superhero powers and there's this potentially um, a darker side to the school happening just sort of beneath mm. the ground that becomes like the mystery that is that is falling for it I will give a content advisory that if you have an eating disorder um, one of the characters has ability is tied to binging and purging oh which is unfortunate for her where she get she can change her height but it, it's all about eating things to get bigger purging them to get smaller um so i will give that out there because i do think it's a little i mean the show's irreverent obviously but i do think it is it it kind of is questionable <laughs> in the in, oh. in that because so I, I'm not 100% sure what to say about it, but I will. I, so I just want to give that out there that if you do have an eating disorder, that is something that you might need to prepare for or maybe skip. She also gets small and hangs off of a guy's dick, and we see that. So we get this. Oh, great. So we have more of that weird yeah. dick stuff. Like in the... 
slide yep. on the dick stuff. <laughs> so like the little Ant-Man guy that crawls into oh. it, she is um, literally hanging off this dick and she kicks the balls a few <laughs> times. And it's really kind of funny. Like I laughed. But yeah, so it, it's it's if you enjoy the boys, this is, I think, a lot of fun, minus a couple parts where I do think it gets a little, it crosses that line <laughs> that the show always sort of, you know, ties that that line. But like, I do think that maybe some of it might go a little bit over overboard, but I'm still having a good time. So I do want to recommend it if you're watching it. I've seen the first six episodes. I'm enjoying it. I think. Is episode five maybe out this week? I can't remember, but it's good if you enjoy that, if you enjoy the boys. Cool. So okay. that's Gen V. What about this weird documentary? Okay, so this is David Ferrier's new documentary, Mr. Organ. Uh, David Ferrier is the mind behind the documentary Tickled, Tickled, which has changed my life. And this is his new documentary that's like darkly hilarious and one of like the wildest things I've ever seen. And it's not that what let me let me explain why this is wild because it's not like this great like it's it's this it's about a real life energy vampire who is the epitome of narcissism and is just like the objectively perhaps one of the worst people on the planet because he is just like so he's like banal evil like just a bad person but he is not in a position of power anywhere but so Dan Ferrier was doing research on this like parking, this like parking lot scam where this guy was like charging exorbitant amounts of money for people to park there. And because David Ferrier is a journalist, he lives in he lived in New Zealand at the time. He was just like trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on. And what he ended up doing is finding out about this guy, Michael Organ, and getting like falling into this like weird relationship with this guy where this guy was like following him had keys made to his house was like gaslighting him into thinking things didn't happen and it's just like this crazy documentary about like a six year like emotional and mental manipulation tactic where david six years yes david farrier was like trying to figure this guy out and the guy like got him basically and David Ferrier moved out of New Zealand to get away from this guy. Like this David Ferrier now lives like not in New Zealand because of this man. And this man is like showing up to screenings in New Zealand and like talking shit. Like this guy is still around and is like being insane. It's like, it's so hard to explain. You just have to like, you watch it and you're like, what do you mean this guy did that? What do you mean? What like, and it's just this guy like random white guy has just like incredibly narcissistic and loves to victimize people and just fuck with them. And it's just like so fucking scary because it's just a dude. Like it's not a government official. It's not anyone really important. It's just a guy who's fucking shitty. And so many people hate being around him because he is like a miserable piece of shit. (laughs) And it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's what I I went into Tickled and was like surprised at the twists and turns that that documentary went. I haven't seen Dark Tourist, which is on Netflix, but where he goes to like a a bunch of like scary, wild tourist spots that for like extreme tourism. But I I wanted to see Mr. Oregon. So is is that out now? So it's out on it's out as of today on um, VOD. And okay. I'm going to shamelessly plug my my interview with David Ferrier on Dread Central because 
it was a really good interview where he like shared like all of the stuff that has happened afterward. So it's a really He's someone I would love to get on the pod. If you want a documentary that is not like full on depressing, it's not like this true. Cr- it's like it's got like it feels like true crime at first, and then it's just like. It's not, it's, it's just, it's a weird psychological mind game that's, like, darkly funny, and you ever, all of us know someone that's kind of like this guy. So it's just wild to see, like, the depths that narcissism goes and what that narcissism looks like. Because I don't think we have a lot of, like, you see portrayals of narcissism in movies, and you're like, okay, yeah. But it's usually, like, rich white guys. We, we don't have these, like, really like normal day people portrayals of narcissism and I think it's really important that people kind of see that too like to be a little bit more serious about it like seeing that that behavior is not okay because I think a lot of the times these Mm -hmm. people are so good at making you think that you are the bad guy you are wrong like right again I know plenty of narcissists so it's actually like weirdly reassuring to see this because you're like oh my god even David Ferrier, who was, like, an investigative journalist who we see as, like, a very smart man and is a very smart man, can be manipulated and, like, harmed by people like this. And it just is a really important, I think, kind of showing the effects those kinds of people have on everyday people. Anyway, I really liked it. Again, if you have, like, <laughs> it might, like, bring you back to some narcissist, like, if you have experience with narcissists, like, tre- tread carefully it's not like terrible but you know you'll definitely have a lot of if you have had experiences with people like this you will definitely uh, be thrown back to those those times so try carefully if that if so but it, i would definitely check it out david farrier is just like, yeah the way he's able to find these stories is just incredible yeah that's wild but um let's take a, sh- a left turn down the road Towards the White House, where Chucky's taken yes. up residence. I am so excited to hear about it. I have not started watching what I think this is, obviously. So tell me everything about what this is. <laughs> so I've seen the first four episodes. I think it's being released in parts. And so I think first the first part is 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 running through October. I'm wondering if maybe the, the strikes. I'm wondering. I don't know. So the first part is now out right now. There's going to be four episodes premiering this month. I believe we are on the second episode this week. Yeah. Um, and I've seen all four. And I did not I did not know until the, the, the press kit arrived that we were going to the White House. But Oh, because you didn't watch the, oh, you didn't watch the of, trailer? No. Okay, that's right. Because you don't usually, you try not to watch the trailers. Okay. Yeah, I don't. What a I surprise. Don't. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm planning to watch something... I, uh, anymore, if I'm like, I'm going to go see it regardless, I try yeah. not to watch the trailers okay. for it. That's fair. But yeah, so Devin Sawa is back this time. He is the president of the United States. Um, <laughs> I love it. It just makes me happy. <laughs> I do too. And he and his, his wife and he, they had three kids. One of them named Joseph passed away. Um, and then one of his youngest son uh, comes across a Chucky doll, and this sort of gets explained how that all kind of went down in one of the episodes, but comes across a Chucky doll that calls himself Joseph, which is the name of his brother. He becomes attached to this doll, and it's the first time that he was, like, smiling after his brother passed away, and so his parents are like, sure, t- take the creepy doll to the White House. <laughs> You know how it be. As you do. Sometimes it just be, it do be like that sometimes. 
You do. Absolutely. <laughs> and so this feels sort of like another soft reset in some ways, where now okay. the drama is involving Chucky, and we find out he starts counting down as he's killing people, like three to go. And you're like, what is going on? I'm not going to spoil it, but this show does explain what is going on, why he is desperate to kill six people. While this is happening, we catch up with uh, our heroes, um, Jake, Devin, and Lexi, who are... Lexi is trying to find her sister because she vanished at the end of uh, the last season. Uh, Jake and Devin are getting more serious in their relationship. They have their adopted teacher mom, <laughs> who is yes, like okay. taking care yes. of them <laughs> after they were all orphaned by the end of season two. I'm laughing; it's not funny, but it's it just also like fucked is ridiculous. Up. Just like, yep, all their parents are dead. Uh, a kid's missing. You know, the, the normal shit. You know, having the normal ch- shit. normal childhood. And th- this this show is is upping the camp. Higher than it was last season, which I did not know was possible. I'm really enjoying it. I'm not 100% sure it's going to be my favorite season of the three, mm, at least okay. so far. Okay. But it's enjoyable. Um, it's still really funny. It's still um, some got some really creative kills. And Chucky is fucking up people in the White House. So Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Here we go. Cool. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, yeah, I, I need to highly, catch up. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I I definitely need to catch up. I'm very excited to watch it. I just, you know, there's there's too much to watch. And when I'm not There's way too I much to watch. I don't have to review it. Cool, mm-hmm. but I am excited to watch. I am very excited to to catch up on it. And I I think it is probably cuz of the strike way. It's like a part 1 situation. And the other thing that I really do enjoy um which unfortunately viewers won't be able to enjoy is the screeners that that we get are not finished and so we get to see the puppeteers in green suits maneuvering Chucky and I you know I really wish they would release like a a blu-ray package and have a a version that has like the people not cut out because it is really entertaining to watch but yeah that's Chucky the new season which is currently on tv but also I think the next day it's on Peacock yes so yes Let's uh let's flip to the end. I want to hear about this weird linguistic cosmic horror before we cover the two that I know we both have seen. Cool. So this weird linguistic cosmic horror, this is um, a film called All You Need Is Death. And it is this, it's a movie that James Shapiro from XYZ sent to me. It premiered at Beyond Fest last week. And he was just trying to get some reactions from other people who weren't able to, who aren't able to attend Beyond Fest. And, um... It's fucking nuts. It's it's what a contemporary cosmic horror should be in terms of the incomprehensibility and just like full on vibes. And then it all kind of comes together in a horrific end. And you're like, what the fuck? It's got. Oh, so let me just take it back to like the description. So it's directed by Paul Dwayne. He's an it's, it's he's an Irish filmmaker. And it's about a couple who are kind of they're working for a woman and they're collecting old slash rare folk ballads, like Irish folk ballads. So they're basically trying to be their music archivists, their academics trying to preserve mm. this this history of of song 
in on Ireland and especially trying to preserve the Irish language, which is really important. It's a language that not a lot of people speak anymore. And there it's a, this, this movie is also really interesting about like conserving cultural identity and the Irish cultural identity, especially in the face of like occupations and colonialism, etc. Whatever. But this couple, they're together, they're young, they're in love, they're collecting these, these, these songs, but then they, they hear about one and they hear about this old woman and they think, we have to get this song, we have to get this song. And they go there and when they convince her to sing it, she says, you can't record it, I'm passing this on to you, no one else, like, this is only for you, your, your boyfriend has to leave, this song only needs to be heard by women. And oh. she sings the song... It's this like haunting song in a language that's like predates Irish and their academic advisor is also there. And guess what? That bitch records it. And uh, mm-hmm. when she starts sharing that song, really bad shit starts going down. And to put it, uh, you know, in the most basic way possible. And it's this it's it's a movie that you do kind of have to like be OK with just vibing with for a while. You have to be able to just kind of let yourself go into it because it's going to explain everything. It's just going to take a bit. Because it wants to get you into that like incomprehensibility horror space. And again, this might not be effective for everybody, but like the sense of dread it evokes as it like things start happening and you're like, I don't understand why this is happening so quickly and what the fuck is going on. I don't like this is so bizarre and unlike the way people are supposed to act. And then it all comes together and you're like, oh, fuck, that's why. And it's really satisfying because oh cool it's because I at first when I was watching it I'm like I don't know like I don't know what's going on like this is all very weird and then all of these things started happening and I was like but see I like hearing that though because I mean that is that is classic cosmic horror it's the idea of like you're going into things and you're seeing something that is does not make sense to you and is incomprehensible so I do love that. And it's like, it's really interesting how it's done because it's like these things happen and it feels like, is that like a weird editing choice? Did they just not like, like, I honestly was like, I don't understand like what's going on here. And like, I keep saying it all comes together. And I think that's what a really big Mm -hmm. benefit for it. And I think that this is a movie that people need to not know anything about, but also not try to like force your, force yourself to understand because you're not going to, it doesn't want you to. And I think it hits that so well about cosmic horror that I wonder if some people might feel alienated by that. But I also really love how it really hits at this whole, like, fucking with what shouldn't be fucked with and not listening to these traditions. and find out, right? But also there's also this very, like, matriarchal weird thing. Like, there's some interesting gender stuff going on and, like, matriarchal things and discussions about love and desire and love as something that is not positive, but as something that is such a, a vicious feeling of violent consumption, of violent consumption rather than... So yeah, it's it's weird, but it's good. I liked I where it ended. This. I was like, oh, okay. So... I yeah. love the poster. I'm looking at on IMDb. I need to see this. One of the, one of the lines in the song is, love is a knife where the handle is also a blade. Yeah. So, like, that's just, like, kind of the vibe of the movie. Of just, like, violence. <laughs> but it's not, like, gory. But it's it's the overall, like, the it's one of those movies that you feel like is gorier than it is. But it's just, like, ugh, It just has, like, a rancid, in parentheses, positive vibe. So, I... <laughs> rancid, in parentheses, positive. 
I love Look, that. Because sometimes rancid is <laughs> not a positive word, but I feel like no. horror movies, you're allowed to describe some horror movies as rancid because that's what they're going for. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because Give me also, that rancid horror. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, All You Need Is Death. I know it's XYZ. I don't know anything about distribution yet, but it good. It's weird. It's different. I've just, I've been watching so much shit recently, and it just feels so good to watch something like that, to be like, cool. So there's great. still some crazy shit coming out. That is Hell yeah. All You Need Is Death. Yes. Good Irish horror. What a great title. Right? Fuck. So let's not talk about a new addition to our Halloween watch list. Another movie that I'm very excited about. Yes. So... This is Dark Harvest, David Slade's new movie that um, I talked about the book in one of the episodes last year on Little Cuts because I had been waiting. I had been waiting to yes. read this book for a very long time because I was like, the movie's coming out. I want to. I want to. I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch the movie first and then read it, or if I wanted to read the the book at the same time and then watch the movie. I wasn't sure, but the movie kept getting pushed back because this movie was announced in 2019, it's supposed to come out in 2021. Then it's supposed to come out, then like it, nothing. And so people thought maybe it'd come out 2022. That time passed. Now it's 2023. I was facing it very, with a lot of trepidation because I was like, why was it in development hell? Is this not even development hell? Why was it in release hell? Is it because it's not good? Is it because I've read well, the source material now? Yeah. And and I was like, it's a very grim um, book. What is happening here? And it turns out that this, like Cobweb, just was buried, unfortunately. But it's now out, and I think it is absolutely fantastic. It is about this small town set in the 1960s, where every year there's this creature that emerges from the the fields called Sawtooth Jack, or the October Boy. He has like a, (laughs) a variety of names. I think they mostly call him the Sawtooth Jack in this. But he, his goal every year is to make it to the church in the center of town. And it is the goal of teenagers who have been starved for five days. I think in the movie it's three. And then unleashed on Halloween night to go stop him from coming. And these boys go absolutely feral. It's basically Purge meets, Hall- meets Halloween night meets like Pumpkinhead. Like Lord of the Flies a little bit too? Yeah. And we follow... If, if someone kills him that all the boys descend and rip open his guts and eat the candy inside really gnarly. And then the person that killed him gets his family gets to be moved into like a really expensive house. The kid gets to leave town because no one is allowed to leave town and is given money, given a new car and he leaves town never to look back again. And we follow his brother um, who decides to partake in the run as it's called this year even though he's not t- technically allowed to and also not allowed to is this um woman that works at a uh, young girl young teen not woman i guess but who works at the uh movie movie theater and ends up getting roped into and i think it's a blast what do you think mary beth because you've not read the book i have not read the book i'm familiar with the book um but I was so excited because I love David Slade. David Slade did 30 Days of Night. Mm-hmm. We all know that this bitch ride is ride or die for 30 Days of Night. This is his first horror movie since 30 Days of Night. I was so nervous for him because 
I love his movies, but sometimes he gets done dirty. And I was really worried he was going to get done dirty because I think he has a really good visual style. I think he's really good at making these like bleak ass movies. And sometimes he gets screwed with these endings. But I was so excited and I was so happy that it's so good. It's as good as it is. Like they stuck to his visual style, like his really kind of like contrasting Mm -hmm. colors. Nothing looks real. He's not trying to make this feel like the real world. He's really playing with like the 60s aesthetic with making this feel like an other, like it's an uncanny feeling of fantasy. It's like a contemporary fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's in the 60s, Mm -hmm. but it's set like in a timely. It's not like in the, in a weird past. It's like, very much rooted in what we know as like middle America, but with magic. And again, Cobweb did that really well in terms of taking mm-hmm. suburban gothic, suburban fairy tales, and creating these pieces of horror that feel so familiar and so bizarre. And another thing we're seeing a lot this year, like this with this movie and when Evil Lurks, is getting just plopped into the middle of the world, just being like, yep. let's go. Like, p- like you'll learn. And I love that. I, I'm really into how we're letting audiences be a part of a fully fleshed out world. We're not playing yes. like you're dumb. We're letting people like be part of it and really become mm-hmm. in like enmeshed with it. So it feels like there's stakes in it in the movie. And I think that's so helpful that it just kind of throws us in with all these boys and we really can see the toxic masculinity stuff breeding already underneath all these like tensions and it's really really well done and i think it is getting buried which is a bummer and there's some incredible effects the effects work in this is incredible the uh, oh my gosh the creature design the creature design sawtooth jack looks so good like yeah. I was worried, but it doesn't look, it's like not cheesy. The gore is, in, there's like some really good gore moments in this movie too. It's such a good Halloween movie. And like, yeah, it's not perfect, yeah. but it's really, I think it's, a, I think it's so gross and I think it's doing something really interesting and yeah, it's based on an IP, but it's like really, it's a weird IP. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's based on some like big name it just it captures this like sixties toxic masculinity vibe so well, but puts it in this like culty folk. It's Fear like full, it's American folklore too. It's really yeah. interesting yeah. in terms of like a piece of American folklore. Um, like think Children of the Corn, but like way better. Way better. Yeah, you know what? I, it's like got like that vibe a little mm-hmm. bit ish, but like way better. Yeah. Um, and I would like to yeah. use this opportunity to recommend listening to the book if you haven't yet, because the audio, the uh, the narrator for the book has this scotch smooth oh, voice. <laughs> and it is, it's so, it just brings you in. It feels like you, you can almost smell the bonfire, like you are sitting around Ooh, a bonfire, creepy. you know, listening to a spooky story. And it's a short book. I, I think the, the, the audio book is maybe four hours long. It's like a short, short read. Oh, okay. But I'll tell yeah, you, like the audio book. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's less than 200 pages. I don't know what qualifies as a novella anymore, but it's under 200 pages. And the audio book, the, the narrator is fantastic. So I would like to recommend that um, to listen to as well, because I do think there's enough differences between the two. Uh, I, I think, I do think most of the changes that the, uh, that the screenwriter, um, Michael Gilio. I'm not a sh- I apologize if I'm pronouncing you wrong, your name wrong, your last name wrong. But he also wrote um, or co-wrote 
the Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out this year, weirdly oh. enough. Yeah. And he shared a credit with a bunch of people, like a bunch of people wrote that. But um, I think the changes he made to the book, for the most part, are really good here. There's just, I, I'm not 100% sold on the ending. But uh, yeah. other than that, I think this is a really good, really good Halloween film. And it's out as of today on VOD. And it's Scarred for mm-hmm. Life approved, I think. It is Scarred for Life approved. Golden pumpkin, bitch. All right. So finally, let's talk about Witches Falling from the Sky, a movie that I think we're, we're both a little divergent on. But what did, what is this movie? So this is a movie from Fantastic Fest called Falling Stars. It is a mm-hmm. mi- very much micro-budget witch folk horror movie yep it is another movie that drops you into a world yes it is you're it's right an- another movie that drops you into this world where like it is a world where every halloween or like har- like every it's, ha- it's not halloween it's harvest harvest like every there's really a say. time of the year where witches fall from the sky to feed and you're supposed to stay home abide by the curfew and not go out so you don't get eaten by witches. And it, this is like Midwestern. This is like, looks like desert US, like people in a trailer park. Mm-hmm. This isn't like, oh, there's witches. It's like regular people, like blue collar people who live in a world where you just like know not to fuck with witches. And you know what the harvest is. The harvest is when they come to harvest people and you know what to do to avoid it. And everyone has a story of someone who knew somebody who got harvested, whatever. But then these three brothers hear that someone they know shot a witch and they want to see the body. And, uh, well, you know, going out on harvest night to go see the dead body of a witch isn't always smart. And then when your youngest brother desecrates that body, uh, uh uh-oh, shit goes bad. And so this movie is basically taking us on this, like, pretty tense ride with these brothers who are trying to figure out how not to get eaten by witches and it sounds cheesy but it's shockingly not it's like the way that it's done i think is really interesting in trying to keep you invested in the stakes of the world and understanding like how it affects different people in the world and i know that i think terry you can share how you feel about this because i actually really like the fact that they had the radio DJ on the brothers. I like these kind of divergent perspectives to show that I guess it makes it feel like it's it's it feels real. It's substantiated by people outside of their sphere. It's not just these brothers and their friend and it can't and it might which I think you can you could easily be like, oh they're making it up or whatever. But something about having like a radio DJ and like a woman, another woman who works with him like kind of substantiating what's going on and talking about it makes it feel more real and more like a lived-in reality. And I liked that a lot in terms of how this micro-budget, mumble-gore, folk horror made... It, it gave me Wanting Mare vibes solely in that like it's creating this kind of like epic okay. situation. And there's so much mm-hmm. that could be going on in it. And we just get a tiny little sliver of it. And there's so many other things that could be happening. It's not nearly as fantastical, but I don't know. Something about it just really sold me in terms of all of it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that. I think for me, yeah. I, I loved, I mean, we talked a little bit before we started recording. I love the first act. I think the first act is fantastic. I do like that it it is another movie, like you said, that drops us in the middle. We don't really know anything. All we see is that there's even like emergency service, uh, like notifications that come out about which is like I love that this world is is created very um, succinctly 
And yet we are, there's no one sitting here and going like, thousands of years ago, yep. the witches came and it, you know, it's nothing like that. It's like, this is happening. They fall out of the sky like shooting stars. Just go with it. And I love that. I do think, I do think the narrative just sort of hits a wall in that second act where I wanted to know, I wanted to stay with the brothers. If it was giving me creepy vibes, it was giving me this isolated claustrophobic kind of vibe, even though they're in wide open places. It was like, I love the intimacy of that story. And I love the relationships between the brothers, which like um, the origin has some um, gender bending going on with the actors as well. Which I think is 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 fascinating that we've had two movies at Fantastic Fest where um, the one of the the male characters is played by someone who isn't masculine. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting, but at but anyway, I I just I think that for me it kind of lost me a little bit in the second act and then everything. I love the third act again, so it was just the divergence, and I can understand what you're saying, and I do think that you could probably take a reading with. Um, this is a movie about people telling stories. And so who is a storyteller, a DJ who is talking about it and sharing things like I can understand what was going for it for me. It just, it, it didn't work hundred percent with that middle part, but I think it's one of those movies that like, I really want to see what the, these people, the filmmakers do next. Right. I know someone give them more money. Cause it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a really well shot movie. I think so- the performances are great. One of the co-directors is a cinematographer, and he did a lot of the cinematography. Yeah. And um, it's really cool how he can cat what he makes darkness look like, and how he can capture darkness to make it feel beautiful and like different. Because it is, you know, it's it's dark. So how do you light? Like how do you make that look pretty? And so it's really impressive how they're able to do that in a movie that takes place almost entirely at night. Yeah. Well, that's that about does it. For all the all the things that we watched, there's a lot coming out. There's a lot to watch, so much to do, so much, so much to see. <laughs> but that also means there's a lot of really good. I mean, like I'm pretty impressed with some of the stuff that's come out on streaming. I think there's. I'm a little yeah. bit bummed where it feels like some things are kind of getting dumped. Um, but again, like you know, Appendage is out on Hulu now, and I'm giving that a shout out again because I love when women are getting like movies on Hulu, and I think. That seems to be doing well on that streamer. I don't know. It's just like there's so much to watch, and I'm glad that there's so many cool things to watch. And I hope people check them out and not just go see Exorcist, because there are better things on streaming services, I promise. And speaking of something that is on streaming service that might have fallen through the cracks, who are we talking with on Monday, Mary Beth? So on Monday, we're talking with... segue. Yeah, it was great. That was beautiful. That was smooth as butter. (laughs) But we're chatting with Daniel Montgomery. He's the writer and director and one of the leads in his feature film directorial debut, which is The Jessica Cabin, which is produced by a friend of the show, Michael Verratti, um, also former guest. He brought with him the Haunted Mask episode of Goosebumps. And you get to hear all that and shit I did not... in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it did. And I, I did not even realize until we were like talking with him that he also co-hosts a, a podcast about Goosebumps. So like this with is his a twin. fan with his twin. Like he, He's... you'll hear he painted his walls a certain color because of uh, Carly Beth's walls in the haunted mask. Like it's insane. Um, but his movie, The Jessica Cabin, is is a really cute slash heartbreaking uh, queer ghost story that's out now on VOD. So please check that out. Um, that's a 
you want to give some queer horror some love, give that one a watch. It's not scary, but it's it's melancholy and it's ghosts. So give it give it a shot. Heck yeah. It's good. It's good. So listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch anything that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things that we need to be watching? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach to reach out to us on social media. Um, I am at MB McAndrews on Twitter and Blue Sky and at MB dot McAndrews on Instagram. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful everywhere. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on all the social medias at Scarred Podcast on Twitter and Blue Sky at Scarred for Life Podcast on Instagram. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe, especially that review part. If you want to see me watch Spiders, Woo. which I don't want to do, but here we are. And then um, our Patreon is still in a hiatus if you're listening to this right away, but we will be coming back in force pretty soon. So yes. um, keep that keep that up. Yes. Keep that up. Keep that up. Keep it up. Keep it up, keep folks. That up. Keep it up, folks. Um, Wow, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. <laughs> Until next time.